This message is brought to you by Living Faith Church. You can find us on the web at livingbyfaith.com. I just want to say I love you guys. Thank you so much for uh, being here on a Wednesday night. Uh, Welcome to the School of Word and Worship. I'm so glad you're here. I hope you're glad you're here. (laughs) Good. Come on. Isn't God good? Man, like, he's so good, it's really hard to have words. But that's okay, because we can at least try to have words for it. Um, it's all about Jesus, the living word, and, and it's really good about things that are alive. We, we actually get to experience them. We get to use our senses. We get to taste him. We get to smell him. I always get to feel him. Say feel. feel. All right, two of us. Say feel. feel. Nice. Thank you, Papa. He's just so good. He's just so good. Man, ever since I knew him, he's, he's just been good. Even before I knew him, he was good. And, and I think I'm up here to tell you guys that the only qualification I have is that I said yes to this God that loves me no matter what. <laughs> Isn't that good news? That he loves you no matter what. He doesn't care what you did today. He doesn't care what you did in your past. He doesn't care what you think you're going to do. He just cares about you right here, right now. Say right here, right now. Okay, say it like you mean it. Right here, right now. Come on. That's so good. When I met him, my here, right now was when I was 17, going to turn 18. And I was at the lowest point of my life. And I was depressed. And, and I was over everything from alcohol, drugs. And, and I was ready to kill myself. And the night that I was going to kill myself, I, I had heard about this man that loves me no matter what. That he has a wallet full of pictures to me that he shows all the angels. And it didn't make sense to me because I was like, why would he do that? He's trying to kill me, strike me with lightning. And he said, no, I'm trying to kill you with my love. <laughs> And the minute that, that I went, it wasn't anything, in my opinion, holy or religious. But then I looked up the word holy, and it means set apart. Say set apart. In that moment that I had with him, it was just him and I. There was nobody else. I didn't care about anybody's approval. I didn't even care about my own approval. It was just the fact that I was there with him. And I was like, God, I don't want this life to you. That's all I said. There was another word in there, but legally I'm not allowed to say it off the platform. But I was like, God, here you go. This is, this, I don't even believe in you. I don't even know if you're real. In the minute that I said that, suicide just left my body. Depression left my body. That feeling that I would have when I would be drunk or high was actually filled. That void that I had inside of my heart was filled. And, and it was beautiful. It was in an instant. <laughs> like I closed my eyes, I opened them, and I was like, oh, I'm brand new. Say brand new. Brand new. That's awesome. The thing is that I kept thinking he was gonna, everything was going to work that way. <laughs> I thought that the minute that I prayed, the next second, everything was going to be perfect. Anybody ever feel like that? You don't have to put your hands up. Okay, good job. I love you. Where it's like, God, help, 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 help. Give me a million dollars. And then it was like, there's my bank account. There's no money in there. Uh, but the way that God works is he, he actually doesn't, I'm going to give it to you from the back. He doesn't care. He does care. He does care. He cares about your A, point A to point B. He cares about that. But he cares about the middle. He cares about that process. Say process. It sounds good when I say it now, but in a moment, it's hard. <laughs> or it can be hard if we're doing it by ourselves and not with him. And so this, this module that we're in right now is actually intimacy. Say intimacy. It was funny because I heard preachers saying, into me, you see. And I'm like, okay, that's cool. I like that. What does it actually mean? And so I am done pretending I know words just because I hear people say it. So I looked it up. Are you guys ready? 
All right, so if you have your Bible, take your Bibles out. Your phones count. That's okay, too. Okay, no condemnation. But there's something about a Bible where you know that you're growing because there's, like, underlines. I used to have cereal. You know, I would be eating my cereal. I have milk stains in here, little crumbs in here. And, and, and then I upgraded. This is how I know I'm growing because now I'm making pancakes. So now I have little maple syrup stuck. The pages are stuck. I didn't know James. There was, there was multiple books of John's and James. I was like one, two, and three. And I was like, what is this? And I realized they were stuck together. And I was like, my gosh, there's more to the word. I thought I knew it all. Don't you sometimes feel like that? And then God gave me this word of pretend you know nothing so you can know everything. But he also gave me another word. I want to encounter you in everything. When you're eating, when you're drinking your coffee, in the mornings, in the middle of your work day, right before you come up and teach, <laughs> as you're teaching, as you're loving people, as you're speaking to him. So take out your Bibles, hold them real hard. And you're just going to say, God, come on, say it like you mean it. God, thank you for this word. Thank you that I get to understand it with you. Yay. In Jesus' name, everybody say it. Amen. Amen. Okay, so I looked up the word intimacy. Are you guys ready? So the word intimacy got a couple definitions. It's belonging. Say belonging. belonging. Cool. Two of us. Say belonging. belonging. Nice. Say closeness. closeness. Say familiarity. familiarity. Ooh, a lot of sibling sib- 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 syllables. <laughs> syllables in that one. Tongue twister. Say nearness. nearness. I like nearness. That's pretty good, man. I like that a lot. And then this is one of my favorite words, inseparability or inseparable. Ooh, that one just sounds good. I'm going to use that one all night. We're inseparable. You and Jesus are inseparable. The minute that he came into your heart to live, you guys became what? You guys became, again, what? Man, isn't that good? That means that no matter what thought you had today, you guys are? That means no matter who you yelled at, you and God are? That means no matter what bad thought you had about yourself, you guys are? Isn't that good? Let me tell you the opposite of intimacy. Distance. Oh, no. Good answer. Oh. Say, there is no distance between us. Come on. And I think that's what Holy Spirit wants to do tonight. He wants to let you know that there is no distance between you and him. Even though it might feel like it, it's not. He is right there with you. He's holding you the whole time. Later, later in life, I was reading in Romans and actually talked about how the Holy Spirit is constantly leading us to Jesus. So that means before you even knew him, Holy Spirit was pursuing you. And then you found Jesus. Say, I found Jesus. But it wasn't your idea. You thought it was your idea. It was his idea the whole time. You, he was doing the 99% of the work. He just needed your 1% that made 100%. Does that make sense? It's just your yes with him. Isn't that good? It's the ability to use your free will to choose him that makes a 100%. <laughs> and, and the way we're taught here in this world, we're going to get into it, but, but the way that we're taught in this world is that you do 150%. And then no vacation days, no sick days, no lunch breaks. No, if that's happening, you know, you need to call your super, you need to call somebody. <laughs> call your HR. <laughs> um, but the, the God's world is so much better. He does 99%. He just wants your 1% at your 1%. That's literally it. 
that makes me feel good. It takes this weight off of my heart and my, and my chest, off, off my back, to, to make sure that everything looks right. It's not my, my job to make everything look right. It's my job to be intimate with him, to remember that he is close with me no matter what. Isn't that good news? Are you guys with me? Man, I love you guys so much. So intimacy, belonging, closeness, familiarity, inseparability, nearness. The opposite is distance. And we're actually going to go to James 1. Everybody say, my man James. My man James. Yay, so chat people, you guys know about James. We've been crushing James 1. Getting it. I'm going to tell you how I ended up in James 1. I have a little bit of a funny story. I say it's funny because I'm out of that trial now. I'm out of that <laughs> The thing that I was going through the season. And, and let me tell you something. If you're going through a hard season right now, there's actually hope at the end of it. Yeah. I'm telling you that right now. It might not feel like it because you're doing it. You're in the moment. But I promise you, if you can just stay intimate with God, if you can be unseparable with God, if you can know that there is no distance, you're actually going to make it to the other side. Are you guys believe me? Do you guys believe me? Okay. Let's do it. So we're in James 1. I'm giving you guys a chance to get there. Yeah, take your time. Take your time. I, I heard a comedian. They're like, uh, they're like, Pastor, nobody knows the Bible like you. Slow down. You know, because they're like, turn to James 1. Go to 1 Corinthians. Go to Matthew, Romans. And they're like, is, is, is Matthew in the start of the Bible or the end of the Bible? Are you guys there? Yeah. Right, let's do it. All right. So I want to give you guys a little bit of context because I did a little bit of research because I love you guys so much. But really, I love God. So I was spending time with him. So James, theologians argue back and forth that James is actually the half-brother of Jesus. Right? Well, I, I have a half-brother, but I never call him half-brother. I call him brother. You guys still here? Okay. So... Um, so, but, but then, you know, people go back and forth. They're like, no, it's another James. At the end, they're like, who cares? He's just a guy that loves Jesus and was brave enough to write something. Isn't that good? Sometimes we need, like, labels to be like, okay, I'm doing the right thing or I'm doing the wrong thing. Where God, the only thing he's calling you is not your title or your position, but just the fact that you're a son with him. And that you're intimate with him. That you have closeness with him. That you have belonging with him. That you're inseparable with him. Do we got to use more words? Are you guys? Okay. It's good news, right? Say good news. All right, here we go. So we're going to read in James 1. It says, James, the brother of Jesus. We're just going to say that it's the brother of Jesus. We're going to read it through the lens of the brother of Jesus. And it says, James, a bondservant of God and of the Lord Jesus Christ, to the 12 tribes which are scattered abroad. My brethren, count it all joy. Say joy. Joy. Say count. count. When you fall into various trials. Say trials. Knowing that the testing of your faith produces patience. But let patience have its perfect work. Say perfect. Perfect. Say perfect. Perfect. That you may be perfect and complete. Say I'm perfect and complete. And it's not my fault. Come on. Lacking nothing. If any of you lacks wisdom, let him ask of God who gives to all liberally and without reproach. Say without reproach. And in so chats I learned it's without guilt. Woo! That's the good news right there. How many of you guys feel guilty? Don't raise your hand. If any of you lacks wisdom, let him ask of God. We're in verse 5. If any of you lacks wisdom, let him ask of God, who gives to all liberally and without reproach, and it will be given to him. But let him ask in faith with no doubting. Say, no doubting. No doubting. For he who doubts is like a wave of the sea driven and tossed by the wind. For let not that man suppose that he will receive anything from the Lord. He is a double-minded man, unstable in all his ways. And, and as I was reading this, I 
I started thinking about my little brother and, and uh, I started thinking about my life before Jesus and I started counting all the memories that I had with him. And I don't know if you guys have siblings or family members that you're really close to, but like it's so easy to close your eyes and be like, oh yeah, I remember when I tripped him here. I remember when, when I fell and I scraped my knee here and scraped my elbow here. I remember when it cut the side of my face open. I'll tell you guys that story later. Uh, but he was there the whole time. So can you imagine James counting it all joy as he grew up with Jesus for 33 years, saw him do miracles, and then saw him get crucified? I mean, I mean that, that's, that's kind of hard. I want to laugh about it, but, uh, <laughs> but, but think about it. Like, put yourself in that, in that place right there where, where you're James and, and you're seeing Jesus and, and you grew up with him. He was a man, so that means he had flesh. I don't know if he got sick or not. I mean, I'm not saying nothing. Don't fight me. But, <laughs> but I get sick sometimes. So I don't know. I'm just saying. I'm just, I just have these thoughts with God. He lets me be human with him. Yeah. But, but I wonder if he had any scars because he worked with his hands. I wonder if, if his hands cramped up when he was working or if he was fine the whole time, you know? And I think about these moments that James is, is counting knowing Jesus. All these memories that he has and, and then he gets crucified and his brother is dead. And he had the choice right there to use his faith. I looked up the word faith with you guys. You guys know the word is pistis. But I love these other words. It's trust, confidence in God, trustworthiness in God. So when you use your faith, it's, it's this place of not trust in yourself, but trust in God. Can you imagine James, the brother of Jesus, being like, I have to trust that he wasn't just a brother of mine, but that he was actually the Messiah he was God in the flesh. I have to use my faith. You want to talk about a trial? I think a trial is being stuck behind a slow person <laughs> on suddenly. That is a trial. I mean, he's trying my patience, you know. And, but imagine that. Like, imagine that, counting those memories with Jesus and then seeing him dead. And, and that's temptation right there. That's a trial right there. Are you guys with me? And I, and I looked up the word trial. Another word for it is temptation. It's an experiment or an attempt, approving something that derails you, takes you off the trail. It's actually the same word that they used in Luke 4.13 when Jesus, by the Holy Spirit, walked into the wilderness and the devil came and tempted him. He tried to take him off his purpose. How many of you guys know you have a purpose? Raise your hand if you have a purpose. Okay. If you didn't raise your hand, that's okay. I love you. You have a purpose. I need to let you know that. So Jesus, with a purpose, went into the wilderness to be intimate with the Father. I know it says, try, I know it says to be tempted by Satan, but Satan didn't show up for 40 days. <laughs> what are we going to do? We're not going to spend time with, with God for 40 days, waiting for the devil to show up, waiting for a trial to show up? No, he went in there with the Holy Spirit, a brand new encounter, a brand new experience. How many of you guys had an encounter tonight? Okay, cool. Two of us, Omo and I. Come on, man. We're blessed. Oh, Pastor Ben! Yay! If you didn't, that's okay. We have next week too and Sunday. Or when you go home in your car. Okay, I'll leave that with you guys. Oh, while I'm teaching. Hey, rumba, randa, hey, la, rumba, hey, my. Receive right now. Put your hands up right now. God, thank you for this encounter, whatever it is. Touch my heart. Thank you, Lordy. You guys got it. Don't think about it. Use your faith, your trustworthiness in him, not in you. And so Jesus, this man that grew up with James, he, he, he got baptized in the water by his cousin. What's up with this family? Oh, that's good right there. That's a lot of family. How many of you guys know you can't do stuff by yourself? I'm going to leave that with you guys. 
Don't do stuff by yourself. That's the whole point of you coming to church. It isn't so somebody can hug you, even though I love hugging you, but you're my, you're my family. You're, you're actually a brother in Christ or a sister in Christ. That means you and I have the same daddy. Say daddy. daddy. We have the same father, the father that wants to be intimate with you, the father that wants to be close with you, the father that wants to be near with you, the father that wants to hug you before I hug you. Yeah. Are you guys with me? Is it making sense? So, so what ended up happening was Jesus went into the wilderness to, to me to spend time with God. And then the devil showed up. And he tried to divert him from his purpose. But how many of you guys know if you're under attack or going through a bad season, it's because you have a purpose? And that's good news, right? Okay. I like it. So... I started thinking here, my brother encountered all joy when you fall into various trials. And, and it's funny because that word joy, are you guys ready? I love joy. Joy is gladness. Say gladness. gladness. The cause or occasion of joy. I don't really like when they do stuff like that, when they use the same word in that. So I looked up the other definition for it, and it's great pleasure or happiness. Man, which is so hard. Like, how can you be? I, I thought about James, and I'm like, how could you be happy that his brother got crucified? Right? Like, I, I, I used to read that, and I'm like, oh, my gosh, I have to be happy right now. I have to fake it till I make it. I have to pretend that I'm happy, even though something is really affecting me and hurting my heart right now. But, but the happiness, the happiness isn't you pretending. The happiness is that there's a father that's coming and giving you direction. There's a father that's holding your heart. There's a father that's fighting for intimacy with you more than the devil is trying to tempt you. Are you ca- Yeah? Just a little bit? Okay. Maybe it's, is it late? Is it because it's late? You know, I, I, and I just started thinking uh, about, about that word joy, and they actually talk about it in Matthew, Matthew 2.10 with the wise men. And legally, I don't know if I'm allowed to talk about the wise men because it's not Christmas. The only time we talk about them is during Christmas. It's so funny. And, and so I, uh, they use the same word joy. When uh, I used to call it the North Star, but it's actually the East Star. I looked it up just to make sure. And, and what happened was they had a messenger come and tell them about Jesus the, born, the, the kid that was going to be born, and they were like, look at this star, it's the East Star. And, and then once they finally saw the star, they were full with joy. They were full with great pleasure or happiness. Say happiness. The part that got me, though, was in my head, I always pictured them riding camels <laughs> and in the desert. And I'm like, man, but these are like three rich rulers. Like, they should be rich. They're wise. They have gifts, really expensive gifts for Jesus. How many of you guys know you guys have gifts? Say gifts. And so, and so I'm, I'm picturing them riding the little camels, and, and I got deployed overseas, so I actually got to touch a camel and ride a camel, and I'll tell you what, they stink. Camels stink so bad. And I put my hand on it, and I had slime on my hand, and, and they tried to bite me, and I was like, no. Now that I have a puppy, I know, don't, don't do that, you know. Redirect training. Uh, I didn't have that there. He tried to bite me. He spit. He was so gross. And I was like, and then this is all that's going through my head as I was reading about the wise men. I'm like, they had joy riding these things. They had happiness as they were riding these camels. And then I went to the desert. (laughs) I don't know if you guys ever been to the desert. It's hot. Okay. Imagine this. Imagine that you guys are baking something really good. You open up your oven at 400 degrees and that hot air just hits you in the face. Have you guys ever had that? That's what it felt like when the air would blow on you. The air is supposed to cool you down. It was heating me up. I was so sad out there. And, uh, but say I'm okay because you know what? I made it through the other side. Here I am. Come on. God is good. So, 
So, so I started thinking about these wise men, and I was like, wait, wait, wait. They're, they're surrounded by stinky camels. They're in the desert or in the wilderness. They're going through a tough season, and they're counting it all joy. And I started thinking about just because God is giving you direction or telling you where to go isn't going to necessarily change your circumstance. It might still stink a little bit. <laughs> your life might still stink a little bit. You might still be in the desert. Does this, is this making sense? Are you guys catching what I'm trying to say? I'm trying to say that even though you, 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 you count it all joy, the joy isn't that God takes you out of your circumstance. It's the fact that God is with you in your circumstance. That he is there holding you and getting you and giving you direction. He's giving you an east star that he actually put inside of you. And we call him the Holy Spirit. That is guiding you and taking you to this man named Jesus. That's taking you to the next place. That's taking you from point A to point B. But what ends up happening, I don't know about you guys, but for me, I get upset. Because I'm like, God, I'm not at B yet. I'm still here in the desert with these nasty camels. And I feel like I did something wrong because it still smells bad in here. Not in here. The sanctuary smells really good. Bless the cleaners in Jesus' name. Everybody say hallelujah. hallelujah. Come on. But I want to let you know that no matter what's going on in your life, whether it smells good, smells bad, Holy Spirit is there with you. And the fact that we get a count of joy isn't because the circumstance is gone. It's the fact that he's there with you. Not distant. <laughs> in your closeness. Inseparable. Come on. That's the word. I love you. You guys still with me? And uh, so, so I started thinking about that. The, the way that I got this verse was I came here on Sundays. How many of you guys come to church on Sundays? Don't raise your hand. All right. So, <laughs> so I came to church on Sunday and I was going to have this amazing. How many of you guys know you should have expectations when you come to church or a place where they love Jesus? Yeah. Okay. If you don't, that's okay. You talk to Jesus. You're going to figure it out. So what ended up happening was I had this high expectation. I woke up that Sunday and I was like, oh, we're going to worship the Lord. We're going to have a great time. We're going to get a, give offering, all this fun stuff. And I come and I go where, uh, where Miss Christina is and I'm like, that's my blue chair. I have my Bible. My wife just bought me an iPad because I'm blessed and highly favored. And I put it there and I'm like neatly and I'm getting ready to encounter God and have my intimate moment here in church. And, but before I do that, I have to open up the building. So I'm walking around and I get to a unit an eight, a heating unit, and it's not working. And I was like, okay, that's okay. That's fine. That's fine. I'll, I'll come back to Jesus later. So I go, and I'm like trying to hit the breaker. And how many of you guys use your faith every once in a while? Don't raise your hand. But I was using my faith right there. You know, I was using my trustworthiness in God. Really, it was trustworthiness in me because I was like, Jesus, don't make me go on the roof. Save me from the circumstance right here. And I'm like, if I can just hit this breaker, wait 10 seconds. So I'm waiting for the faith to work. So I'm like, 1,001, 1,002, 1,003, 1,004. And I get to 10, and I flip the breaker. And I'm like, I'm a beloved son of God. I know it's going to work. Count it all joy. And I'm going, and the unit doesn't turn on right? Sad face for me. Say sad face because I have to go up on the roof to make it worse. I think it was like January (laughs) and it was one of those days where it was like five degrees or 10 degrees outside. I'm being very dramatic, but it felt like three degrees up up top in that roof. And, uh, and I I was trying to be brave. So I wasn't going to take my jacket up there. It was just going to be me and my sweater. But luckily there's a messenger that loves me. And and he sent this guy named pastor JR. And he was like, what are you doing, buddy? He's like, you know, you're too skinny to go on the roof like that. Like, you better put your jacket on. 
And so I had to put my jacket on, and thank God I did, because as I was up there, every breath, I wasn't even trying real hard. I, was, I didn't even know I, I breathed that heavy, because I just kept seeing, like, this mist coming out, and I was like, oh, my gosh. And it's, I'm telling you how cold it was. So I get up there, and I am not counting anything happy. I am counting everything really, really opposite of happy. I'm complaining. That's the word. Say complaining. Say complaining. Okay, good. The opposite of complaining is Thanksgiving. Say, yay, Thanksgiving. When we give thanks to God, we worship him, right? When we complain, we worship. Ooh, okay. Don't, don't worry. No, Romans 8 says there's no condemnation for those that belong to Christ. Say, I belong to Christ. That means you have intimacy with Christ. You have intimacy with God. Are you guys still with me? Okay. So, so I'm on the roof and I'm complaining and I'm trying to figure out this thing and, and, uh, and I want to show my boss that I know what I'm doing, that I pay attention. Anybody ever do that before at work? Don't raise your hand. So I'm like, I can fix this all by myself. And the only thing I know about AC units or heating units is what the IT people know. Turn it off. Turn it back on. <laughs> oh, and faith. I had to use my faith there. I was like, Lord, if you really love me, pop. hit the breaker. I waited for faith to work, 1001, 1002. Turned it back on, and the unit did not work. Mm. So guess what I had to do? I had to call an expert (laughs) to come in. The worst part, though, the reason I was complaining was because that interrupted my Jesus moment. Give me bunny ears. Jesus moment. Where I knew I was going to encounter him in that perfectly blue chair. And I didn't think I could encounter him up on the roof, because why would he be up there? It's cold. Did you guys catch that? So I had to make a call to to the expert to come in. The problem was it was a Sunday, so they weren't going to come out on a Sunday. So then I had to come down here, and and the place where I was supposed to encounter God actually turned to a place of worry. And I started counting all the worry rather than all the joy. Anybody ever do that? Uh, Turn to 1 Corinthians chapter 2. I'm going to give you a second. As you're there, I, I, I came down, and as you get there, I just want to tell you that I came down from the roof, and, and I was really, really trying to get into, into the presence with God, but all I kept doing was complaining about my circumstance. And uh, rather than encountering God, I encountered myself. Does that make sense? So I just want to read 1 Corinthians chapter 2. And I, brethren, when I came to you, did not come with excellence of speech or of wisdom, declaring to you the testimony of God. For I determined not to know anything among you except Jesus Christ and him crucified. I was with you in weakness and fear and in much trembling. Anybody ever feel like that before? In my speech and my preaching were not with persuasive words of human wisdom, but in demonstration of the spirit and of power, that your faith should not be in the wisdom of men, but in the power of God. Verse 6, however, we speak wisdom among those who are mature. Say mature. Yet not the wisdom of this age, nor of the rulers of this age who are coming to nothing, but we speak the wisdom of God in a mystery, the hidden wisdom which God ordained before the ages of our glory which none of the rulers of this age knew. For had they known, they would not have crucified the Lord of glory. Verse 9, But as it is written, I has not seen, nor ear heard, nor have entered into the heart of man the things which God has prepared for those who love him. 
I love that. I love that. That, that makes me feel really, really, really good. That I actually left him here on my blue chair rather than taking him with me. Because there was this, this moment that happens where I was like, man, like, kind of like the wise men when they were walking. They were so focused on their gift and, and the direction that God gave them that they didn't care about the stinky camels. And they didn't care about the desert. They were just care, caring about what Father God had told them to do and what he was doing with them. Does that make sense? So I think the reason that we, we miss out on counting everything joy is because we lose fact of the gifts that God gave us. And we start counting all the bad things that are happening in our life. And I'll just be real with you guys, because that's what I was doing up there. I was like, God, how, how are you going to let this happen? Like, <laughs> how are you going to let a unit not work? But the problem with that is that that one little thought actually starts to multiply because that's actually what God does. Everything that he gives you is meant to multiply. So if you're multiplying Thanksgiving, if you're multiplying intimacy with him, then that's going to compound and keep going. But if you start multiplying complaining, you're going to run into more stinky camels. You're going to stay out in the wilderness a little bit longer. And so... The problem was that I brought what, what happened on the roof in my circumstance into service where I missed God. <laughs> and then I started blaming myself. And so what ended up happening was I was like, okay, God, it's all good. I, I, I had an opportunity for him to reveal something to me. So in these moments where, where you feel like you're missing the mark, it's actually an opportunity for God to come in and reveal something to you. Is this making sense? Okay, so the fact that our eye has not seen means that there's something to be seen. Isn't that good? So, so the, the minutes that we think we're missing something, you're not, it's just hitting. <laughs> and and, and the, the point is for Father God to come in and hold you and show you the thing that is hidden. But that only works when you're able to count it all happiness, even though it doesn't feel happy. Are, are you guys getting it? Am I making sense? Okay. So, so what ended up happening was... Uh, I brought it all week, and I was like, okay, God, like, we're good. Uh, I, I had to be mature enough. And, and I love it because the, the, the way that Paul's talking about it is that the, wi- the wisdom of the world, they have their own agenda, and they're telling you how you should be thinking and how you need to do everything on your own, right? And so the, the whole time I was like, okay, God, I'm mature because I don't need to ask for help. Anybody feel that way? When you're like, I'm so mature, I don't need any help. But they're saying that the maturity of God is actually asking for help. Is being in a place where God is actually able to reveal something to you. So real spiritual maturity is asking God for help. You know another word for that? Being a son. <laughs> is that okay? Okay. Thank you, PB. Thank you, Pastor. I love you. So, so, so I, I didn't ask God for help. But I waited for the specialist to come during the week. And I'm up on the roof with him again. And, you know, it's really cold. And we're banging stuff with a wrench because I want to pretend I know everything. And... And he opens the thing, and he's like the, the doohickey. He said some complicated word that I didn't understand. And he was like, the doohickey thing doesn't work. It's going to cost a couple hundred dollars. And I was like, Lord, okay, you gave me James 1, Lord. You told me to count it all joy. I'm thinking I'm starting to understand it. I'm starting to turn towards your happiness. So what do you want me to do? And right there, he revealed something to me. He gave me wisdom. That word wisdom is actually Sophia. Sophia is self-knowledge, knowledge within yourself. And it comes through spirit, and it looks like power. So it's not something that's going to come straight to your head. It's going to come into your heart. But, but you have to count it all joy in order to experience the actual wisdom. So I'm up there, and, and rather than being upset about the hundreds of dollars, I was like, God, like, you have me up here. This is your idea. I'm your beloved. And he was like, hey, ask him to press that red button. 
And I was like, but God, like, logically, he should have pressed it. He's the expert. And he was like, just try it. And I was like, look, it looks like foolishness to the world. So I was like, hey, uh, expert, <laughs> this looks dumb, but did you press the red button? And he was like, yeah, sure, let's try it. And he pushed the red button, and nothing happened. The system didn't turn on. But what happened was because he pushed the button, he saw where a wire had missed. Isn't that good? I think there's so many times where we miss it because we're like, oh, my gosh, like, God, you told me to do this, and I did it, and nothing happened. But, but the, the, reason, the, the fact that you were obedient to him or the fact that you abided with him, the fact that you were intimate with him led you to a place where he actually showed you what to do next. And so he hit the button, nothing happened. He plugged it in and everything turned on and we were good to go. Got clap for me because I didn't have to go back up there. So it sounds really good, right? Because we have these moments where we encounter God and we're like, God's the best. I'm a faith giant. And then your week comes and then, you, then it's Sunday and you come to your blue chair and you put your Bible and your iPad and you're like, I'm going to have an intimate time with God. And you do your routine again and another unit doesn't work. And you end up doing the same thing where God, okay, <laughs> I'm getting a little bit wiser now. So I'm counting all joy. I'm hitting the breaker. I'm doing faith. I'm bringing you with me this time. I get up on the roof and it's another unit that's not working. And I have to be mature enough to ask for help. And I was able to go through that process again. And, 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 and the guy came out and looked at it. But, but the thing that got me was this, was that morning when I woke up, I was like, God, if you really, really love me. If you really, really love me. Oh, I missed like three other units. That's actually the fourth time. So it was like, it just kept happening. And then I realized there was a pattern to this thing. And I was like, all right, God, I know it's not about the units. What is it that you're trying to teach me? And this is where, this is, this is the point that I'm trying to make. The, the power of intimacy is the fact that he's able to father you. So as I'm up there on the, on the, as I wake up that morning, I was like, God, if you really, really love me, don't make any units go bad. Anybody do prayers like that before? Don't raise your hand. I was like, if you really are real, don't do this. And, and so I go and I'm walking around and I'm like, he ain't going to make it happen. I have my blue chair claimed. I have my Bible ready. And then I go and the main lobby doesn't turn on. And I was like, okay, God, it's okay. It's okay. You still love me. I have faith. I have trustworthiness in you. And I'm walking in the back hallway and I'm getting ready to hit the breaker. And God sent my East Star, my messenger, and her name is Jackie. She's my wife. And, and she's walking back there and she was like, baby, I have the word from the Lord. And I was like, why did you wait so long? And she came and she was like, God told me that the unit wasn't going to work. And I'm like, why did you wait so long to tell me? Like, I sh- you should have prepared me before. And then she was like, God said, you have a choice. And I said, okay, God, like, let's, 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 what's the choice? Is it A or is it B? Give me the answer. Tell me what it is. And before I go up on the roof and I heard nothing. And so I'm going up there and, and, and I'm up on the roof and I'm like, God, like, what is it? Is it A or is it B? What am I supposed to do? And he's like, thank you for finally using your choice to have a conversation with me. Are you guys, does that make sense? So, so uh, the thing that made the wise men wise wasn't the fact that they had self-knowledge. It was the fact that they knew the scriptures, the living word, and they were able to turn towards Jesus. So when they saw signs about Jesus, they knew exactly where to go. And so, and, and I'm just going to keep going. So, so I'm up there and, and, and my heart is just like, okay, God, we're finally talking. What is it that you want to do? And he was like, thank you so much for using your choice to have a conversation with me. Are you ready to talk about your heart? And how many, it sounds really good when I'm saying it right now, but in the moment you kind of don't want to talk about your heart. You know, it's a little tender there sometimes. And, and, and so, and so I'm like, okay, let's talk about it. And he told me this, he said, you're fragile. And I said, no, I'm not. I work out. I go on runs. <laughs> I eat steak. I'm great. And he's like, no, not fragile as in weak, but when circumstances, that's actually what trial means. Trial is circumstances that you have no control over. 
When everything's going perfect, you're a faith giant. When everything's going perfect, you're like, I can do anything. I have the trustworthiness of God. I'm going to heal the dead, raise the sick. I'm going to break poverty mindsets. I'm going to tell my dad no. I'm going to tell my mom no. I'm going to do this. But the minute, the minute that a circumstance that you can't control shows up, you fall apart. At least I fall apart. This is the catch. It's okay that you fall apart. <laughs> it's not your job to hold your heart together. Okay? It's not your job to hold your heart together. In a perfect world, our hearts would be perfect. You know why? Because we're always intimate with God. We're inseparable with God at all times. Every thought we have is, God, what do you want to do? God, what do you want to do? God, what do you want to do? But we live in a fallen world thanks to a guy named Adam and all this stuff that happened. But we're good because we're redeemed and our debt is paid off. Isn't that good? Okay, so we have access to actually have conversations with God. So, so I'm there and I'm crying. Like, anybody cry? Because I, I cry a lot with God. And, and then I didn't know that I was trying to hold my heart together. And that's why I kept falling apart. I didn't know that he was trying to father me. And what he told me was this, that a father or a son allows himself to be fathered where an orphan fathers himself. If you actually think about it, an orphan has to depend on himself. He has no family. He has nobody to take care of him. But a son knows he has a dad. And he can go and ask him anything. And he'll give him an answer. Most importantly, he'll give you a question. We were talking about it in SoChat. Sometimes God's wisdom or self-knowledge looks like a question. And that's not a bad thing. To me, I, I dismiss God's voice a lot of time because I'm like, that question, God gives me answers. He doesn't give me more questions. But I know dads give sons a lot of questions. Does that make sense? So I'm up there and he's holding my heart. And this is the beautiful part because there was a revealing that happened through the spirit. And, and I'm up there and, and, and the fact that I was able to ask help beforehand led to this part. Because now that God is here holding my broken heart together because of these circumstances that I can't control. I, what he did is he grabbed my heart and detached me from that moment. So rather than me being emotionally charged on the things that I cannot control, I have the higher ground with God. And we would actually call that power or a powerful person. When you're not moved by the emotions of the world or the reactions of other people. Does that make sense? And so I'm up there, and, and, and I'm detached, and that allowed me to think with him. And I'm like, God, what do I do? And he's like, thank you for being so mature and asking for help, not pretending that you know everything. And he was like, because you don't know everything, I'm going to remind you of what the guy did. Remember, he took this plate off. And I was like, oh, man, I didn't know you were an HVAC dude, God. And he was like, <laughs> he was like, it was my idea to keep you warm and cold. I was like, all right. So I popped the lid off, and God was like, remember the button that I told you to press that you didn't think mattered the first time? You should press the button. I was like, okay, cool. So I pressed the button. The whole unit turned on. Everybody clapped because it was really good. And then it turned right off. <laughs> and so as the unit turned off, I already knew by this point. It was the fourth time coming. So I knew, okay, count it all joy. God is holding my heart. I'm not doing it alone anymore. He's there with me. He's being intimate with me. He's made me mature because I know how to ask for help. So I'm like, okay, I'm here. Everything turned off. I was like, help. And he was like, okay, remember what the guy said, if the flames dance, then that means there's something cracked in the unit. And I was like, I don't remember that. I wasn't paying attention. Thank God you were. <laughs> and so he was like, press the button again. So I pressed the button and the whole unit turned on and it, the flames were dancing. And I was like, my God. 
gosh, you're a genius, God. I've been trying to do it all by my... You imagine the wise men trying to find Jesus by their own knowledge? Come on. My God, isn't that what the Pharisees try to do? Okay, all right. So, so I'm there and like, the flames are dancing, doing their thing, and they're not dancing very well. And, 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 so, and so I was like, all right, it's whatever. I was like, what do I do, God? And then he was like, go in the back. Remember, there's another panel. And I'm like, man, this self-knowledge, this Sophia thing, that's the Greek word for wisdom. My gosh, it's working. And so I go, and I'm happy <laughs> because I have answers from him now. And so I go back there. I pop the lid off. And guess what? There's a giant crack on the heat exchanger. I didn't even know it was called a heat exchanger. He reminded me. And, and the heat exchanger's cracked. And I was like, oh, my gosh, God, you're a genius. He's like, I know. I've been trying to tell you, but you've been trying to bother yourself. That's why you've been not counting it all joy. And so, and so, and so uh, we go, and I was like, what do I do now? Like, I love this. I love being a son. I love you telling me to do stuff. And he's like, just take a picture. So I take a picture. He's like, don't forget the serial number. And I popped the serial number. And he was like, and this is the lady's email. And I was like, okay. So I put her name in, and the email showed up. And I got to send everything that happened and saved a whole week's worth of time. And guess what? I didn't have to go back up on the roof again. Isn't that good? Okay, and I'm, and I'm using this silly illustration of, of, of the heat exchanger, not, I mean, of the whole unit not working. Because there's, there's times in our life where we're like, God, are you working or are you not working? The answer is yes, he is working. He is always working because he wants to father you, because he wants to love you, because at the end of the day, he cares more about you than he does about your circumstance. He cared more about me than he cared about this unit working. But because he cared more about me, he got, it, he got me to a place where the unit was actually working. Does that make sense? Okay, good. I just love him so much. So I'm going to finish reading this right here, and then we'll, we'll wrap up. So verse 10, but God, in 1 Corinthians, but God has revealed them to us. Say revealed. To them through his spirit, for the spirit searching all things, say all things. Yes, the deep things of God. For what man knows the things of a man except the spirit of the man which is in him? Even so, no one knows the things of God except the spirit of God. Say spirit of God. This is the best part. Now we have received, say received, not the spirit of the world, but the spirit who is from God. That we might know might. Man, who dies for a might? Jesus. He died for a might, for a chance for you to use your 1% to see him in your trials and your circumstances on the roof, on things that you can't control, on things that you might have had choices with, might have not. He died for that moment to just belong with you, to be intimate with you. We might know the things that have been freely given to us. Say freely. Freely given to us. I love that. I love the freely part. This, this, is, this is my last point right here. Everything God has given you is free. <laughs> and it took me a long time to get that. It actually took me last week. I was taking a shower in my secret place with God, and that's, that's where counting it all joy got me to, was back to my secret place with Jesus. And as I'm there, I'm like, God, give me an answer. Give me a question. Tell me what to do. And he was like, thanks for finally talking to me again. And I was like, okay, what is it? And he was like, I have freely given you this life. And I said, wait, but when I was 17, you, you saved me. So I owe you everything. And he was like, I gave, I gave you back your life with no attachments, with no debt owed. I give it to you freely. 
And he was like, so the reason that's been kind of hard for you to hear my voice is because you think you owe a debt to me. Where I just want to live life with you. Does that make sense? Okay, close your eyes real quick. Because Holy Spirit, what he wants to do is he wants to live freely in you. He wants to belong with you. He wants to be inseparable with you. He doesn't want to be distant with you. And he freely wants to do that. Freely wants to do that. No strings attached. He just wants to live life with you. Yeah, so right now, in the name of Jesus, if there's anything that we feel we have an obligation to, we break right now. If we don't have this obligation to to pay back God, why are we paying back things to sin, shame, guilt, and condemnation? So right now, Holy Spirit, I, I thank you for just setting us free from that. That no matter what stinky camels we have, what desert we're walking through, we get a chance to count it all happiness because you are there with us. You are there holding our hearts. You're there fathering us. So Holy Spirit, we just love you. Thank you that you call us wise, not because we know it all, but because we turn towards you. And the beautiful thing is when the wise men with their gifts from God, from the purpose from God, with the direction from God, met God. (laughs) Your point A to point B isn't the thing that you think you need to be getting. Your point B is just Jesus. So Holy Spirit, I just thank you for, for just showing up in people's lives even more. That these moments of complaining turn into moments of happiness because you're there. And I thank you that it's the simple gospel where your spirit and your power is, not when we have impressive words or impressive wisdom. It's when we come with you honestly, determined to know nothing but Jesus. So thank you, Father God. Thank you for being good. We love you. You're a good father. And that's the reason we need Jesus, the living word. (laughs) To have intimacy with him, belonging with him. Okay, are you guys good? Okay, I love you guys. Thanks for listening. You're the best. I love you. Have a good night. I love you. In Jesus' name, everybody said, Amen. I love you.